Hello and welcome back to the You Thought Sports Podcast. If you like anything that you hear today, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like it, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out with the ratings. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We have officially or figured out whether or not we have a Facebook. But follow us on at You Thought Sport, just sport, no S. I am joined today with my regular cast of goons, Bart, Aiden, Lucas, and Jared. And to start us off, we're going to go through a couple news roundup things that didn't quite make the layout, but are obviously newsworthy. Um, I want to admit by saying I was wrong. I picked Baylor to be my first team out in the NCAA tournament, and although it was an emotional pick, um, I still picked them, and they ended up winning it all over Gonzaga last night. Congratulations to Baylor. Gonzaga falls one game short of winning it all uh, undefeated. Um, so, does anyone feel like that this might be one of the greatest basketball teams in uh, history, the Gonzaga team? Or they would have been if they had won it? I think if they had won yeah. it, then yes. But I think that they like, I mean, they're clearly like a good and elite team. Not that they showed it really last last night. But uh, I think what happened was there was probably just like the emotional hangover from like, the greatest college basketball yeah. game in history um and they just like couldn't couldn't rally for the for the championship game yeah well i'm glad you mentioned the greatest basketball game in history because that is their consolation prize uh gonzaga obviously beat ucla in a last a minute buzzer beater by jalen suggs it was about a 40 leaning 40 footer uh still pretty good maybe it revived college basketball maybe it uh kind of proves the point that college basketball is not dead and these players should be going and playing in the march madness tournament instead of the g league maybe <laughs> uh roy williams head coach of the unc tar heels retired after 33 seasons he had won uh over 900 games and three national championships there it was a long career very successful we also had april yeah. fools over between <laughs> or in between episodes uh, and it kind of reminds you how bad athletes are at making jokes. George Kittle posted a, a fake Photoshop of him in a Jaguars uniform, which just felt like a really weird outlandish. I know it was it was from the offseason that Bleacher Report had posted about like crazy trades that could happen. Um, the GM of the 49ers commented on it and was like, you gave me a heart attack. Adam Schefter <laughs> pranked Seattle fans with a fake Wilson trade. It wasn't exactly like Russell Wilson had been traded, but he said like Mila Kimes will not like this, and she's a famous 49ers fan. Or, excuse me, a famous Seahawks fan. Yeah. And, uh, she was, like, overreacting to it on a live show at one point. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tom Brady posted probably the worst April Fool's uh, prank. He said that he was bringing back, and I'm sorry, I should have wrote this down, some baseball team. The um, Expos. The Expos, yeah, um, in Canada. <laughs> not really that big of breaking news, if you ask me, the way he wrote it. Uh he was drafted by the Expos in 1999, which is the connection to the really? prank. But, mm. I mean, it was still like this weird prank that didn't really <laughs> land well for anyone. <laughs> uh, and even bigger news, Jalen Hurts is now going to switch to number one. He was number two last season, and he's not the first time he made the switch. He was number two at Alabama. He switched to one when he went to Oklahoma. So we could be seeing a uh, different Hurts. Hurts. Heisman Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. It's all and on the one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Every player ran a pro, uh, during their pro day ran a four four. It seems like this is probably the fastest draft class we've ever seen. And lastly, <laughs> Carolina made the big trade for Sam Darnold. Apparently, uh, it only cost a six round pick this year, and a second round pick was the highest pick given 
in next year's draft. Quick thoughts on the Sam Donald trade? Fantastic okay, so move for the Jets. <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I was shocked that they got a second rounder for him, to be honest. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Of course, Colin Coward on his show was singing Darnold's praises. And he, like, I called it on the show last week he was going to Carolina. I guess when you make, like, ten predictions, you're going to be right about one of them. It was <laughs> it was so ridiculous. And he was, like, he literally, he had to use a Blake Bortles comparison to make Sam Darnold look good. He was, like, you don't see wow with Blake Bortles. I see it with Sam Darnold. I was, like, I have never seen anything from Sam Darnold that makes me think he's going to be a good quarterback. I'm sorry. Not even at his time at USC. He's yeah. also tro- he's also a USC Trojan, so I mean I'm already gonna bash on him. For that yeah, point. when did he get on the <laughs> when did Coward get on the Darnold bandwagon? I, I have no like, idea. I just at one point he's like, like, wow, this did guy because he he future. said that Sam Darnold is gonna be better than Baker Mayfield, and then now he's been trying to find <laughs> a way to say that Sam Darnold is still better than Baker Mayfield. When, I know it's in reality it's Sam happen. Darnold has played some happen. of the worst <laughs> quarterback play in his first three years in NFL history, so it doesn't exactly add up, um, but. No surprise, it only cost him a six-round pick. I saw somebody describe it as a draft haul, which is not even close because it was a six to two and a four. Crazy. I also want to say that Teddy Bridgewater's career is like cursed. I feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't even like he wasn't bad last year. He He was. I mean, yeah, he was. Now it's like I don't know. He can be a. If you lose the quarterback battle to Sam Darnold, it's telling. We'll see. He can be a fridge quarterback. Look, if Andy (laughs) Dalton can be QB one in Chicago, I believe that Teddy Bridgewater can find a spot somewhere in the NFL. True. True. New York. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So going into the NBA, JJ Redick uh, was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. On his own podcast, he spoke out about his disdain for the Pelicans front office. Uh, they agreed to send him somewhere in the East Coast or give him a buyout so that way he could be close to his family. But instead, of course, they sent him to Dallas. Uh, he said that he would have a hard time trusting that organization or that front office ever again. Lucas, I'm going to ask you, does JJ have a claim to be upset or does he have to just suck it up and play basketball? So typically, I feel like I take the player side and management player battles, but I think jj needs to suck it up a little bit here um first like what vested interest do the pelicans have in making jj reddick happy like if they promised him that they would do something and didn't like that's obviously not great but if they got like the best package they got offered from anybody was from the mavericks it's not like jj reddick is like a a team legend that like they they have they like owe something to like he's been there the last year and a half like i just i don't think that you know jj reddick necessarily has a case to be making demands of the pelicans and um i don't know like if he really wanted to go to the east coast like he was a free agent a year and a half ago like why did he not just take that opportunity then at that point and i realized that like you make certain moves for your career, and it would be nice to be in different places at different times. But I don't know. I just players get traded to teams. I'm sure they don't want to play for all the time. Like what football player has ever like been happy to be traded to like the Jags or something like that? <laughs> like I think that like there there are plenty of bad moves that happen. Um, and he got caught up in one, and obviously it's not what he wanted. It's not great, but like JJ Reddick's doing fine with his life. Like. <laughs> if he wants to at this point like he can retire in a few in a year or so and move back east then i i, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy 
even though it's like not great like it would feel bad to be lied to like at the end of the day like the pelicans if they think they can get the best package from the Mavs, then they should get the best package from the Mavs and move on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i feel like there is a pretty limited window of teams that he seemed to want to go to it seemed like mainly the nets as far as i Uh could see which like ever like people were lining up to join the nets so you could see the (laughs) the nets not really wanting to give up that much when players were willing to just like you know get released and sign with them so mm-hmm. like at the end of the day if the team's doesn't isn't going to offer anything like what what are the pelicans going to do like they got to get right. something for him yeah and i was going to say it's it's unfair to the current pelicans players to be like well the mavericks are offering this much better package but we're going to send jj to brooklyn cuz that's where he wants to go and like kind of put the rest of the team and like not putting them in the best situation possible to win <clears throat> is a little unfair to the current players I also just think, like, like Lucas, you alluded to this. This has probably happened a bunch of times, but they did, the player didn't doesn't host their own podcast, right? So it didn't really become as public as this did. Um, yeah. It will be. It's an interesting question to ask. Will this have tangible effects on the Pelicans' ability to like attract free agents? I don't really think it would, but I mean, maybe it could. You never know. I mean, to be fair, like, what what attraction to the Pelicans have now it's a destination exactly that's yeah no I, I think yeah the GM just needs to not make the mistake again of even saying something like this like that's yeah. there's no there's no reason to have even like you know verbally promised something like that to JJ because you don't really yeah. get anything out of it now you're just like now that he has a podcast right. like you said Jared they they get made out to be the bad guys even though yeah. like mm-hmm. not really you should just right Avoid, yeah, s- like 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 I said, unless it's like a star of the franchise, and you yeah. actually keep your word, then don't. Why even? Why even yeah. like hint at something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like the Raptors said that with Kyle Lowry, like they would send him a place that he mm-hmm. wanted because like he'd given yeah. so much to that franchise yeah. and had been there for years and won them a championship. But it's like JJ Reddick's been there for a year and a half. This is like his fourth team, I think, yeah. or something like. It's so, like I don't know. Yeah, this is more of a. This is more of a like. A you lied to me rather than like it's a business like conversation it's it's more yeah. just like a yeah. that was crappy that they made a promise they couldn't keep or whatever it was yeah. and jj reddick just already has his his reputation of being unlikable so yeah. maybe not maybe not since like he's coming to the nba yeah he was starting to save it i feel like to something yeah he, he, i feel like he, I mean, has, he probably had saved it but yeah yeah i liked him when he played for the sixers but I don't know. there's still that image in my mind of him like as the duke like the hateable duke player from, like <laughs> yeah, my child sticks with you Classic. you can't you can't fully ever get rid of that once you become it yeah. you know yeah it's, that's it's impossible <laughs> but yeah you're right he did he could have picked wherever he wanted to go lucas and he did play in the east coast uh when he played for the sixers a couple yeah. years ago so not too not too uh much to complain about there he also did say publicly that he chose the pelicans because they offered him the most money so (laughs) (laughs) he had fully full control over his destination there but speaking of the pelicans zion is dominating uh the paint in an unprecedented and incredibly efficient way his dominance and play style have been compared to shaquille o'neal jared how about that yeah zion responds (laughs) the the big aristotle (laughs) (laughs) Zion responded to the comments and said that he can only crack the top 10 of big men if he starts winning Aiden I ask you 
What player design have to be paired with in order to win a championship for the next decade? And don't say JJ Redick. <laughs> oh, Everybody says the, that JJ the Pelicans had it attention. and they lost it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna go with. I, I think the the like my first answer, the first thing that came to mind was like an electric point guard, um, especially like young electric point guard, which we got some options at the moment. Um, first, first up, gonna go with one of the Ball brothers. Uh, tragically, it's not Lonzo, who is already working with him. Um, love to see LaMelo once he recovers. Uh, I feel like him and Zion would be a fun pairing given LaMelo's creativity. Um, I feel like he could, he'd be pretty, pretty legit at feeding, um, Zion. Um, also Ja, another obvious answer. Uh, the other kind of next generation point guard, potential superstar kind of guy. Um, and you know, like in terms of next generation of super teams, like we don't know, you know, who's going to who's going to align the way that LeBron and, you know, D Wade and Bosch did and like that kind of thing. Like who's going to be the, the first of the next set to do that kind of thing. But I could see it being, you know, Zion at some point guard. Um, I thought about maybe a good, like all around, you know, two or three scorer uh, to maybe, I don't know, take some of the pressure off, but I feel like he already kind of has that in Brandon Ingram. Um, and this is just another, like, I'm still confused as to why the Pelicans are just, not that good like I feel like they have like a fair amount of talent I don't think Lonzo's great but Lonzo's taken a bit of a jump this year and last year he's become a pretty pretty like solid point guard Um, and Brandon Ingram averages like 25 a game almost 25 a game and is pretty efficient in general Um, he also he also won set of Zion Um, I've never played with a player as talented as me and he's a generational talent um, and reminder <laughs> that Brandon Ingram Classic. played with LeBron for a bit, um, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. low key. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think the point guard, like a elite point guard is going to be my answer. Uh, but I'm still, it is still a little confusing as to why a team with Zion being as if like as good as he's been, plus like, you know, some other solid weapons has been pretty ineffective. Um, so. Yeah, yeah I, I was looking at that, too, in answering this question. Like, um, the Pelicans just seem to be a team that can, like, never put it together, ever. Like, at one point, they had AD, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle, like, yeah. all on the same team at the same time. Right. Like, <laughs> they were not good. Like, I don't know if it's, like, some sort of, like, organizational, like, like, the GM can't put talent around beyond, like, some top-level names or just, like... I, like, I just genuinely don't know what it is with the Pelicans and the fact that, like, they can seemingly have, like, these riches of talent and, like never win and like yeah. I don't know it's odd well, well to be fair Julius Randle back then was like not that good yeah, but, yeah that's good yeah. but yeah that's fair and also yeah I mean yeah I agree um, I was gonna say jokingly Ben Simmons would be fun to see with him because then uh, it would be 100% shots in the paint and uh-huh. <laughs> yeah but I don't know yeah I mean, you make a good point that it's like they already seem to have this like the right types of players like what how much help does he need? It's like the LeBron thing all over. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also, yeah. I went the same route as Aiden, but I kind of went like a, a more aging veteran. I would love to see Chris Paul mm. go back to New Orleans oh. and see what no. that would do for him. Like get a veteran presence that is like a legit like all-star and everything and see what that could do for him. Because yeah, I think Chris Paul was like top 10 in the league in assists or something like that right now. Mm-hmm. And and he can score pretty efficiently too. So obviously the leadership, like he took, think about Chris Paul at the Thunder. He took like a 
pretty much kind of a, a group of misfits, whatever you want it, like a ragtag yeah. group or whatever, to yeah. like the fifth seat or whatever. I, I could see him doing that with Zion for sure. Yeah. So I thought that'd be interesting. Yeah. Back where it started. Older older. Cars at all. Yeah, I that's think, a yeah, good point. Down, yeah. I mean, yeah, long term it wouldn't work, but yeah, <laughs> for a couple yeah, I'd, of years, I'd, maybe. I put down Dame Lillard because I thought like that would be a good match. <laughs> like if it's yeah. like a like if if Shaq's the comparison, he needs a Kobe, and I feel like <laughs> or a Penny Hardaway, but I feel like more so a Kobe. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that like Dame Lillard, though, like getting older, um, I think would fill the role nicely as like a like an elite scorer who could like on yeah. all three levels that could complement Zion's game really well. Then how about Steph Curry? Because I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. <clears throat> I think Steph Curry would be the perfect uh, partner to go along with Zion. He's a great shooter. Uh, you don't have to worry about any paint congestion. Uh, Steph Curry is not playing any post game down there. He's gonna hit from deep. He's a great facilitator. Not yet. He can catch a pass from Zion. <laughs> he can pass it to Zion. Uh, and I do think that there's a, a realistic chance that Steph Curry will not finish his career. Uh, with the Golden State Warriors. When there's smoke, there's fire. And LeBron James is recruiting <laughs> Steph Curry to join him. Uh, what? And Yeah, no, he is. That's true. <laughs> no, and, I haven't. And I have not either. Yeah. The Warriors have not exactly been winning. And if you look at the team, they just got blown out by like 53 the other night. And yeah. pretty much like one of the only missing pieces is Clay Thompson. And are they a Clay Thompson away from being blown out from 53 to winning a championship? Probably Steph, not. Was Steph playing in that game? Uh, I don't think so, but I mean, sorry, Steph Curry and a Clay from getting blown out by fifty. But I'm, but, yeah. but but going from that to a championship because right yeah, now they're yeah. at, they're at the risk of falling out of the playoff window entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, are, are they yeah. really like gonna? Is Steph really gonna sit around and just lose for the next couple of years? Because I mean, this yeah. this roster has not been very good since Kevin Durant left. They tried to get cute with the D'Angelo Russell thing and trade in Iggy and then they were now they're strapped and now they have Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre and like the number or James Wiseman and it, it they, the pieces aren't exactly falling into place the way that they maybe thought they could maneuver them yeah. to so does Steph Curry yeah. sit around and go yeah this is my team for the next seven years before he retires or maybe not seven because he'd be like 40 but <laughs> for the next five years before he retires or maybe does he pair it with a young spry guy where he can maybe be a number two? <laughs> Zion could be the number one, and he just goes out there and he shoots the three ball. Yeah, possibility. Yeah, who knows? Well, as so, a jump yeah. shooter, like his game will age well. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I this is like completely like, not based on concrete facts, but I don't think he would ever leave Clay. I think they're too tight. Like I, I don't think oh. that he would do it just that drastically. Like next offseason, for example, I don't see it. Then why not both? both yeah. <laughs> why not both go? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. I mean, no, I, I feel like the limiting fact, like, I'd, when's the last time the Pelicans spent big on a free agent, I guess? But um, they have to. Yeah, but I'm just not convinced they will. So it might take until, like, Steph Curry's contract, I think, is up next year. Um, okay, then then here's, so, uh, here's what I'm going to do then. If yeah. if I'm Zion and they don't they don't sign a big free agent like a Steph Curry let's say yeah. in my rookie deal i'm not exi- i'm not signing an extension yeah. i'm leaving no that's yeah. fair i yeah. would go somewhere yeah, I, else and i would and yeah. i wouldn't why would he want to stick around because uh you know we, we were bashing on Colin Coward earlier but he did bring up the point that Zion has already made a bunch of money off of the Jordan shoe deal he made like 60 million dollars off of that <laughs> like some of these players i know a lot of players want to make as much money as possible and that's fine that's a great opportunity but 
I mean, Zion could still make a lot of money, leave and go somewhere else, and actually win and compete for championships instead of just sticking around in New Orleans. I mean, a lot of players mm. will just sign that first extension, but I mean, if, Zion, if I'm Zion, probably wouldn't even make it to the first one if the Pelicans didn't make any major moves. Yeah. Because they yeah, have maybe the right. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right that it'll be like a Bucks and Giannis situation. Well, the Bucks haven't like spoiled Giannis with riches, but they did go out and spend like a bit of money. They got Drew Holiday and stuff like that. So maybe the Pelicans will kind of realize that this is their moment and kind mm. of try to build something around him. I don't know. Yeah. Track says that there are a ton of guards who are going to be free agents next offseason. So I guess that does bode well. Get it's got to be a top flight guard. Can't just be any guard. <laughs> oh, oh they're, these are top flight guards. <laughs> who are these top flight guards? Okay, I'm just reading from the top down. John Wall, James Harden, Ross, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Kemba, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler. Whoa. Zach Levine. Oh, oh J-Butt, huh? Yeah. That's okay. There's some, some that's pretty, yeah. pretty serious some good ones. Yeah. 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 Get Kawhi. Don't the new ones. Kawhi. Get Kawhi. That's what I'm saying. Be <laughs> fun. All right, we're going to play a little game, a little fill in the blank. Aiden, you're going to start us off. Lamar Jackson should be feeling blank after the Ravens signed Sammy Watkins. Whelmed. Um, you know, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, we all know, peaked like five years ago. He's no longer really a number one option or even a good number two option per se. Yeah, I think he was the Chiefs like number three receiver, essentially. Um, he's a solid addition, gives them a deep threat. Um, and they got him real cheap. It was six million, I think, and it's low risk one year. Um, but I feel like the Ravens needed a kind of a number one receiver, given that their passing attack attack last year was like pretty weak. Um, and I don't think Hollywood Brown, despite his name, um, is a good enough number one receiver. Uh, Mark Andrews is solid too, but I, I think they needed someone bigger than that. So if I were Lamar, I'd be a little bit disappointed. Wyatt, yeah. what do you think? Uh, yeah, I didn't write down warm and fuzzy because I think that they, he should be feeling peckish after signing uh, Sammy Watkins because at least he's not starving because Sammy Watkins was a great option when he was like a number four receiver for the Chiefs. But <laughs> as far as number one receivers go, they can't convince me that they've, they've got a guy on that roster as a number one. So they could go and get somebody in the draft. Uh, he might be a good number three or number four if they add another piece to it. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't exactly be feeling very full and uh, complete after <laughs> this signing from the Ravens. Uh, Lucas, I'm going to throw the next one to you. The 49ers are looking to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is worth a blank round pick. Lucas. I think a second round pick. I think his value falls somewhere between uh, Darnold and Wentz. Um, and Darnold got a second round pick. Yeah. And Wentz got... Um, a second that can turn into a first with certain stipulations, but I think he has less value than Wentz, but more value than Garoppolo. But I don't think they're going to like round up on that sort of assessment. I think, <laughs> therefore, uh, I think he probably gets a second round pick, and maybe like I think he has more value than Darnold, obviously. So like maybe a second and a fifth or something like that, or a second <laughs> and a fourth. I can see him going for. Yeah. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I said at least the second rounder. I agree. I think he falls in that in-between area. I think Sammy D kind of raised the market a bit for Jimmy or if it kind of makes it that if it's the trade package is going to have to be better than a second, a fourth, and a sixth or whatever it was for, for Sam Darnold. 
Um, so uh, in my in my mind, it's probably like a two and a three, and you know, a couple later round picks um, thrown in there um, to be it. But it, it'll definitely be better than than what the um, Panthers or well, than what the Panthers gave the Jets. Yeah. And Jimmy G's kind of expensive too. That's true. Is that's he true. like twenty five million dollars? Yeah. That's expensive. Money <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like as much like as Derek Carr. Like, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. In today's market, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what's twenty five million, Jared? Come on. Yeah. Well, the forty ers the forty ers want a first round pick, but you know, I guess you start high and you let the bidding start, and maybe you go yeah. down low. When you sell a car, you at least put an extra five hundred dollars on what the price you want for it, and then you let it come down. So, I don't blame him for asking for a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. We're sneaking a little yeah. baseball in here. Uh, Jared, I'm going to ask you, the blank have the best chance of, to dethrone the Dodgers? Well, the, so the correct answer is the injury bug, but I know we're kind of looking for a team. No, I seriously do think that's the only thing. No, I'm serious. That's the only thing that could dethrone them. But if we're picking a team, if we're picking a team, let me finish. It's the San Diego no. Padres. They're the sexy pick, but I think they're the right yeah. pick too. They have a lot of young talent. Obviously added Blake Snell and you Darvish. Eric Hosmer's on a freaking early season tear right now, batting like four sixty. He was like he was like eight hundred or something when I was watching the Diamondbacks game on Sunday. It was ridiculous. But Tatis, there's some cracks. Like Tatis Jr. just got hurt. Yeah. Hopefully no shoulder surgeries needed, but I gotta go with the Padres. Uh I, I mean I don't wanna say it. The Houston Astros looked freaking pretty dominant the first no. weekend. Don't outscoring say the A's 35 to 9, but Someone I'm, I'm not rude for this. I, I yeah. can't pick yeah. <laughs> the Padres for me. Lucas? Um, I said the Padres, and I also want to sneak in the uh, the Philadelphia no. Phillies, no. who are um, the, uh, as of now, and I can probably only say this for about 30 more minutes, uh, the only undefeated team in baseball right now. Um, and I, I mean, I think they fixed their major issue that they had, which was that their bullpen was like historically <laughs> bad, um, at least through the first four games. They're, they have, I think, like a 1.2 ERA or something like that, which is, I mean, it's a small sample size, but it's good. They got a great offense, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, McCutcheon, Baum, like they're all great. Um, and if not them, I'll throw in the other team I root for, and the team I root no. for even a little bit more, oh no, no, <laughs> the no. New York Yankees. Boo. Uh, Boo. Never, they're, they're perennial contenders. <laughs> oh, my God. Great. Judge is great. Boo. Stanton's great. Give me that. They added Garrett Cole. Can't hurt. Yeah. So I think it's the, I think the Padres is the correct answer, but I, don't, I also think the Phillies and the Yankees legitimately have a, sh- a chance to make some noise. I don't think either of them will probably dethrone the Dodgers, but if we're like ranking teams who are most likely, I think they're all like top five or six choices. Yeah. <laughs> Aiden says no. Aiden strongly disagrees. <laughs> baseball is the sport that I want to like get into this year, though. Like after F one, it's baseball next. Hey, hey. <laughs> if you were to ask Aiden, he would have said the Mets. So you Rob know, you know it. I don't, I don't need to be heard from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, Antonio Brown is worth. Or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed all 22 starters except for Antonio Brown. So now, now it begs the question, Antonio Brown is worth blank to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers championship re- repeat. Bart. Yeah, the reason they haven't signed him is because he's worth very little. That's the answer. <laughs> he's just not, he's not, yeah, no. Uh, losing him would not be a big deal. First of all, in the regular season, he literally only played half their games, and it didn't matter like at all. I mean, they still they, they were still fine. Tom Brady and the offense still were rolling on all cylinders. And then in the playoffs, the more important part, 
he also was like not that important. I mean, his numbers were super met, super met. What eight eight catches, eighty one yards, and two touchdowns over all three of the games combined. His best game was probably the Super Bowl, and that's because he had five catches. That that's the reason. Five of his eight came in the Super Bowl, and he had a touchdown. But like you can tell that that third string receiver in this offense with Bruce Arians, assuming Tom Brady is still throwing as well as he did this past season, that third receiver I think is going to be successful regardless of who it is, as long as um, Chris Evans and Godwin are there. So yeah, I, I think he means very little. Um, what do you what do you think, Jared? Yeah, I went with a similar phrase. I said Antonio Brown is neither here nor there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, repeat. He didn't, like you said, didn't add much of a dimension to their game. When you already have, like you said, Evans, Godwin, Scotty Miller, potentially one of the fastest mm-hmm. players in the NFL, Gronk coming back. I mean, he's also old, too. He's 32, and he has he still has legal troubles, you know. you, you yeah. We still, like, kind of don't know about what's going on with that. So if you can get him for cheap, I guess, like, why not? He was really like he stayed quiet and everything, but they don't need him, you know. I think that is like he. I think he thinks he's worth more money than he yeah. will right. get, which is and, I think is and like the up. market. The market for other teams isn't even that strong. Like we haven't heard that much about other teams like chomping at the bit to add him on. So I don't know. At least I haven't heard. My sources have not told me. <laughs> yeah, no, no team has gone out there and been like, "Here's ten million dollars for you to come run with us." So. Although the Seahawks apparently are looking at him, which is yeah. which is incredibly misguided if I'm Russell Wilson. But yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, still in football, the early hot seat for the 2021 NFL season is blank. Back to you, Bart. Uh, so my homer pick here, uh, I just got to get this off, is Mike Zimmer because it, I think he's coming up on his seventh season and. And he's been two and three in the playoffs. It's like every other season they do decently well. And then every other season, the Vikes are super underwhelming. I think this year, he's kind of tied his fate to Kirk Cousins, which isn't great. But yeah, I think this year is going to be a very important year for him and the GM as well. If they once again miss the playoffs, it's probably going to be bye-bye. My other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, Matt Nagy of the Bears. Just because uh, two seasons in a row now, they've gone eight and eight. Um, pretty underwhelming for their standards. Last season, I know they made the playoffs, but... Uh, they lost in the first round um and now like they got rid of trubisky but uh like hinging or, or like yeah it hinges on andy dalton and nick Foles, which i don't think is much better for, for <laughs> nagy so the defense will probably be great again but i don't yeah we'll see i think um another underwhelming season from the bears is going to put him on a very very hot seat this uh next off season what about you Wyatt? Yeah, well, it's true. The Bears can't go 500 this year. They have to at least fit on one side of the spectrum. Uh, but because you said two, I'm going to say two. Yeah. And I'm going to start off by saying Cliff Kingsbury uh, of the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. He was supposed to be the hot, young, um, new offensive-minded coach coming into the league. And then he joined two other hot, young, new offensive-minded coaches in the NFC West and Sean McVay and Cliff King- or, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan. And... Uh, they haven't exactly produced a, a lot of wins there. And now that the NFC West is getting a lot tougher, the Rams obviously got Matthew Stafford. The 49ers are going to trade up and get a QB at number three. You don't know like how good these teams are really going to be next year. And this is at least a chance for the continuity of the Cardinals to shine through, especially after getting J.J. Watt and adding more pieces of defense. For them to actually start winning games and make into the playoffs and make a playoff run. And I think that if Cliff Kingsbury once again just doesn't produce – then he might be out the door soon enough. I have a, I have a much spicier pick as well, and I'm picking Bill Belichick. Ooh. 
That's like the last name I would say. So, that is very spicy. Robert Crafted came out and he said, like, we had to spend all this money because we haven't exactly been drafting very well. And we need to sure up the quarterback uh, position as well. And I think that, you know, Bill Belichick has had a lot of success over the last 20 years with Tom Brady. But the stuff that he did 20 years ago within that or within that 20 year span may not exactly work for the modern NFL anymore, especially now that Tom Brady has left and it's like this new player empowerment movement Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Uh, I think that there's a chance that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft just go, you know what, maybe it's time to move on and start a new era for the New England Patriots. Because also at the same time, like if if the Patriots are sub-500 or just above 500 this year, how many more years does Bill Belichick want to do that? Does he want to go down as like a Washington Wizards Michael Jordan end of his career? Or does he want to at least leave relatively on top? So I think that maybe it's not exactly that – Robert Kraft would just fire Bill Belichick, but mm-hmm. his coaching career could be very short lived after the Tom Brady era. That's why. Wild. <laughs> so there was a new Space Jam 2 trailer, and we're going to rank it. So, Jared, Space Jam 2 will rank blank amongst sports movies of all time. Uh, pretty middle of the pack, like a rotting tomato. Not completely rotten, but it, it'll be rotting <laughs> for sure. It's. The thing, the big thing for me is the 3D animation is very sketchy. It's not going to age well, like just no matter what happens. I know that like Sonic the Hedgehog eventually did really well and everything, but <laughs> I, I'm not buying it. I don't think it's going to do that well. And if they just stuck with just the 2D Looney Tunes, like the classic animation, I think mm-hmm. it would age way better, but they're not. Obviously, it's going to get 3D <laughs> or not 3D, yeah. but yeah. you know what I mean, 3D animation. It's also like sequels to an unplanned trilogy just never do well. Ghostbusters 2, not a classic. Back to the Future 2, sorry, not a classic. Uh, there are some positives. Like Ryan Coogler is a producer. He was the Black Panther director. Uh, Malcolm Lee is the director. I had never heard of him, but I looked at his filmography. He, he actually has two of his last three comedies have over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really hard to do with comedies. To like get good reviews on a comedy is very difficult. So, I mean, there's there's some stuff going for it. The gags look really silly. I'm not going to lie. And mm-hmm. let's be honest. The original Space Jam is is a cult classic. It's not a classic. It's a, it's a cult following, <laughs> you know. So, it's not really like standing on the shoulders of giants, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, that's my long-winded answer, but I like that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Aiden, going – yeah. yeah. I'm going with um, above all inspirational sports movies because I'm really sick of those. So I'm just happy that it's a hyped up sports movie that isn't like the blind side. Um, and, and, you know, I obviously have a, a soft spot for plenty of, you know, like remember the Titans and like that kind of thing. But I'm, I'm happy it's a fun sports movie. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be barely fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I think we should do like an over under at some point. Um, but I am. A, I think there were a fair bit of like warning signs. Yeah, like the. I think the director changed like halfway through, which is never a good thing. Um, it was stuck in development hell for like a really long time. Um, so that's also generally not a good thing. But the trailer was like ridiculous and kind of fun. So I'm I'm generally optimistic that it'll be entertaining. Um, but we will see. Yeah. Yeah, maybe perhaps there'll be a Snyder cut of the Space Jam too. Somewhere, <laughs> yeah, somewhere exactly. Down the road. But, yeah, uh, if it's rotten, that's that's what's gonna leak. Yeah, yeah. then yeah. well, here's what the original director had in mind, and then we'll, we'll see what the true vision was. This would have won the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
So I mentioned it earlier, a lot of pro days happen and everybody seemed to run a 4-4 or better. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've had a handful of impressive pro days this year. Kyle Pitts, he benched 225, 22 times and ran a 4-4-40. Uh, he also jumped a 33.5-inch vertical, which is incredible. He also said he wants to be one of the best to ever do it. Maybe not just I'll be, I'll try out and I'll try my hardest and do what I can do. He wants to be the best. And Jamar Chase follows that same sentiment. He's hell-bent on being the number one wide receiver picked. So, Bart, I'm going to ask you, which one of the non-QBs has the best chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, so I just want to preface this with, it's a really hard question to answer when you don't know which team they're going to land on. So if I'm way off, that's my excuse. But with that being said, my answer is you alluded to him, Jamar Chase. Uh, surprise, surprise. I do think he'll be the number one receiver, which is part of the reason why. Um, I really want to say Kyle Pitts, but I looked at the numbers. Well, the numbers, the history. A tight end hasn't won it since 1961. Your boy Mike Ditka, if you know that name. Uh, <laughs> since then, not a single other tight end. So I think history is just stacked against him. Like if he were to win, it'd be because um, voters like view him as a receiver almost, which wouldn't super surprise me because like you know he's touted as having you know wide receiver route running ability and wide receiver speed, yada yada yada. But still, like, even Travis Kelsey, who was receiving numbers last year, was superb, isn't really viewed that way. So I doubt it. Um, and so then it's a question of wide receiver versus running back, really, because like who else would it be? Yeah. H history seems to suggest it'd be a running back, most likely. Like We've had three running backs win it since Odell won it in 2014. I, you know, We talked about this a few episodes ago. Justin Jefferson should have had it this season, but he didn't. So that's another thing. <laughs> But, like, no offense to Travis Etienne or J Javante Williams, but uh, I don't think there's a running back in this class who's, like, a Saquon or a Alvin Kamara. Yeah. So I do think it's Jamar Chase, just because I do think he'll be the number one receiver and the best receiver. And then if you just look at the teams that he might go to, like, I haven't really seen a mock draft that sends him to the Falcons at four. But if he goes there, it's, like, open sesame because Julio and Calvin Ridley would take all the pressure off of him. And Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback. If he goes at five to the Bengals, it'd be amazing because he's got that chemistry already with um, Joe Burrow. And then they've also got like a couple of decent receivers, right? And uh, Higgins and Boyd. And then everybody seems to be saying he's going to go to the Dolphins at six, which I also think would be a great fit for him yeah. as far as like rookie of the year goes. Because uh, really? Tua, Tua, I think Tua would be feeding him a lot low key, like underneath. Because we talked about how he, he's not that good deep. And so, I don't know, like, Will Fuller and Devontae Parker would take attention off of him. I think he'd get a ton of targets. So, that's my pick. He'll get a lot of targets, yeah. but will he get a lot of completions? Will he get receptions? <laughs> I, I was worried. I wrote down, yes. like, I don't think the Dolphins wide receiver is going to have a stellar rookie season. Like, they'll be solid. I don't think they'll be in the rookie of the year chase. Just because I like to, uh, I, I'm I'm skeptical still on him, though, for sure. And especially if it was Kyle Pitts, like it's easier to throw to a tight end than a wide, than a wide receiver, I think. And Kyle Pitts is such a mismatch. Even if he goes to the to the Lions, I'm pretty tempted to pick him, to be honest. Really? I mean, okay, that's fair. I just I don't know. I, Jamar Chase is such like a freak athletically. I, I don't I don't I have my doubts that he would like. If he doesn't have good numbers, it'll be because the offense doesn't want to use him that way. I feel like. But, mm. yeah, I don't know. Any love for maybe Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith, Jared? I, I was going oh, to I was gonna bring up Devontae Go Smith. Ahead. I think that because yeah. I think people are overthinking themselves a little bit on, like, a guy who is a generational talent. Like, I realize he doesn't have, like, the necessary, like, physical attributes of a Pitts or a, or a 
or Chase. Um, and I think Chase, I, it's just more out of sight, out of mind for me because he didn't play last year. But, like, Devontae Smith is excellent football player. He won the Heisman Trophy. Um, and I think he's slipping a little bit because people are, again, just, like, sort of overthinking that, like, well, maybe this, maybe that. It's, like, the classic, like... Um, Jared brings stuff to, like, people like right before the draft like do these like dumb things that they would not do otherwise or like try to make some bold predictions and i think he's gonna be a little bit of a victim of that mm-hmm. and most of my mock drafts i have seen have him going somewhere between like 10 and 20 and i think mm-hmm. there are a few situations in there that he could fall into that would really help i think the cardinals are there's 16 17 like somewhere in there um i think that that'd be a really good situation for him to fall into because you already have like an established high-powered offense mm-hmm. a good quarterback and um I mean, obviously not a perfect situation, but I think that, like, the things, in, the stars might align perfectly for Smith because I think he's getting slept on a little bit, so he'll exceed expectations. Um, I think he'll go to a better situation than either Chase or Pitts, most likely. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I put my money on Smith, but I mean. Yeah, Devontae I mean. Smith is falling into uh, Justin Jefferson territory here where we I start know. kind yeah. of picking <laughs> against him and he might fall later in the draft. Mm. What if. Uh, it's, it's probably a stretch. What if he falls far enough for the Green Bay Packers to trade up and go for him? Then <laughs> what? You know, that'd be fun. But I think Devonte uh, Devonte uh, Adams is so heavily targeted that I just don't know if the other receiver is gonna get like enough touches to to be in the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, but discussion. You know, you do. I, it would be a great like situation for whoever goes there, but in terms of like getting enough touches to be Rookie of the Year, I'm not sure it would happen. Yeah, perhaps. Personal. I mean, at least... Uh, I mean, Devontae Adams had 17 touchdowns last year. Or uh, something like Odell this. did it on a shortened season, so, I mean, there's a chance yeah. that you could still do it with, with maybe not as much numbers as long as you jump off the screen. I am going to pick Devontae Smith because I said it during or around the national championship, national championship is that Devontae Smith might be one of the best football players I've ever seen play, and I think he's also one of those generational-type talents, even if he isn't exactly, you know, 6'6", you know, 200 something pounds or whatever, or he's not benching 225, 22 times. I know that he's small and he's little, but he's been small and little, uh, as scouts say, for his entire career, and he's still been torching everybody on this level. So I think Devontae Smith would be my pick, and I'll make more bolder picks once the draft is over and we know where everyone's going, <laughs> yeah. like Bart said. Mm-hmm. But as far as just from a talent standpoint, I think, you know, route running translates onto different levels, and size doesn't always translate onto different levels. I know that the logic is like, oh, we picked the best athlete, but you know, you know that a route runner is going to be able to get open even if he is uh, going from college to the NFL. So I think Devontae Smith is going to be a guy who's going to be able to light it up in the league. The thing about so, Jamar Chase is that he's athletic and a good route runner. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, Devontae Smith is not not unathletic. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that Jamar. Yeah, but did he run a four thirty eight with a forty one inch vertical? I have no idea what he did actually. <laughs> yeah. He seems like yeah. he'd be that fast though. He freaking just ran yeah, by every single Notre Dame defender in that game. Yeah, but so. they're just slow. <laughs> yeah, there's a chance. That's here's my here's my question though to Lucas and Wyatt. Does Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs like pretty underwhelming seasons last year? make you question the Alabama receivers a little bit because it does for me. I got one word for you, Jared. Julio yeah. Jones. And that's all I need as far as Alabama <laughs> uh, wide receivers go. Calvin Ridley. Okay. I could add you another one. Amari Cooper. I, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the different the contract, era, but you know, I think Alabama <laughs> receivers are still good. And I know Henry Ruggs is the least productive out of all of them, but um, I think he's still a good talent. 
How can I spend one on Heisman? It's like it's different levels yeah. too. I yeah. think in terms of talent, I think he's closer to Julio Jones than he is to any of the guys drafted. Last Probably year. Calvin Ridley type. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> this is this is gonna be my. I think. So I think who I, you need to go to a place that has like a competent quarterback and like already like a pretty solid number one that can take some heat off you. Watch out for who the Tennessee Titans draft. If they draft a wide receiver in like the first three rounds, I really would like. I want to see who it is before I book anything, but I really would like that. No, I've seen Amari Rogers, the Clemson wide receiver, mm-hmm. going in like the, uh, one of the first three rounds. I'm intrigued. I, I want to see what happens, but I'm intrigued. Look, and, and I'll throw this out there as far as a sleeper pick goes. Uh, Travis Etienne, I think, is going to be a sleeper pick. Mm-hmm. Depending on where he goes, we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of sleeper picks, the Saints have an eye uh, for another sleeper quarterback in this draft. Uh, Florida QB Kyle Trask is somebody that they can see as a long-term <clears throat> replacement for Drew Brees. Jared, is Kyle Trask this year's Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, like a post-first-round pick type quarterback? Yeah, I really wanted to push this narrative, actually. I think I definitely like his story more than, like, before I even saw the numbers. I was like, yeah, Cal Trask. But look, so this guy this guy was a backup in high school behind Derek King, the Miami quarterback, for, like, three years. Still got a scholarship offer to the University of Florida. Then when he was at Florida, he backed up Felipe Franks for two seasons. When he finally started a game in 2019, it was his first start since his freshman year of high school. It's ridiculous. So he's... He's got the patience. He's not a quitter, obviously. Like, he didn't transfer anything. And then he lit it up. He was rewarded for that, you know. My point is that the only shortcomings that scouts are identifying with him is he doesn't have, like, big enough arm talent, apparently, and isn't super mobile, which, like, he's athletic enough. Like, he's not – I don't think he's Tom Brady level unathletic, but he's obviously not going to be, like, a uh, Lamar Jackson type of guy, right? So as I said, he's he got overlooked by the way in the Heisman. He had the best record or the best uh, numbers of any college quarterback, and he got overlooked for like the Davy O'Brien Award, the Heisman. Like Mac Jones, okay, th- when they like actually start voting for the Heisman, which was at, right after the SEC championship game, Kyle Trask had um, eleven more touchdowns than Mac Jones, and like five hundred more passing yards than him, and still finished with like a sixty-eight point nine completion percentage. It just Honestly, it's just it feels like one of those things where people just don't care that he did well at in the SEC, like the highest level of football. People just don't care that he did well. I don't really get it. So I'm I'm definitely going Kyle Trask. I'm definitely a green, especially if he goes to somewhere like New Orleans. There's no way he. I I would be shocked if he honestly doesn't do something special in the NFL. I'm I'm high on him for sure. Does his uh, underwhelming ball game this year? Were no. you at all? Mm-mm. Florida freaking checked out of that game. And they, they did not come to play. Checked out? No, okay. But how did he play against the best defense in yeah. one of the best defenses uh, in the SEC championship game? I actually have the stats right here. 408 <laughs> passing yards, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, no picks, 65 completion percentage. Against a defense yeah. that pretty much stopped everybody. I mean, Ian Book. I mean, Justin Fields, excuse me. <laughs> Justin Fields against Bama had 194 passing yards. So about 200 less and only one touchdown. 51% completion percentage. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. Trask, he did well against any uh, – I'll say he did not play well, obviously, against Oklahoma. He had like three picks in one quarter, something like that. That was really bad. I, I don't hold bowl game that bowl game against him, though. Yeah. The rest of the season, he did really well. 
Yeah, he but you're no, you're totally right. He played well against all his all the other like SEC talents as well. Georgia, A and M, like he was he had good games against all of them. I like um, I'll allow him his one kind of very choky game. That was, that was a pretty rough rough time rough. to watch, but yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think he's allowed it. Yeah, so I'm 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 all in. So, where, where do you think he's going to end up falling to? So I saw the Saints were eyeing him. I saw some stupid ones like the Lions or something too, which would be terrible. Like he would, you you just can't succeed there. It feels it feels like in Detroit or whatever. Oh, um, but you, you don't think out of the first round though? No, he's not projected to be in the first round. He's projected to be like a third round. I saw I saw a mock I, draft uh, that had Kellen Mond ahead of them, ahead of him. I was like, people are way overthinking this. If that's where they're thinking, this is it's ridiculous. Yeah. Kellen Mond though is good. I, I I don't think really? I wouldn't draft him over Kyle Trask, but Kellen Mond has been very consistent and has gotten better each year at A and M. Last year he had yeah he? he had nineteen TDs, three interceptions, um, sixty five percent completion percentage. He like passed less than Trask did, but he mm-hmm. was he was impressive. I I would take Trask over him though. I think that they'll both even if they're even if Trask is like slated to be like a third rounder, I, I would not be surprised if he was like a second rounder or like even early second round especially given that it seems like all the quarterbacks ahead of him are going to be like taken the in the top 10 or 15 it seems like um Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. what about uh ian book what what are our expectations for him as a sleeper pick (laughs) i'm asleep bounce around for like two years for two years, that's it? Yeah, it's not that good. I don't know. Where is Ian uh, Book projected to be picked, if anywhere? I think like fifth or sixth round. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised they make mock drafts yeah. that go far enough back for Ian Book. Oh, God. Some analysts have a lot of time in their hand and they do the full seven rounds. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read something a couple months ago that was that was trying to sell him to the 49ers as like mm. their option for the future. He's a he's a California kid. Northern yes. California kid too. Hey, there we go. The, the, if the that means anything. Seem to hinge on the fact that like <laughs> Joe Montana went to Notre Dame. <laughs> and both went to Notre Dame. So by that logic. Speaking of a California player that has been getting a, a shooting up draft boards, apparently is David Mills from Stanford. Mm. I've been seeing oh, him yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. like, yeah. oh, this this could be the best quarterback after Justin Fields or whatever. And I'm like, well, well I've never heard of this guy. The the no, my favorite thing about the draft process is that we just start to randomly pick guys to start coming up. So <laughs> just as much yeah. as you want to push Kyle Trask, somebody wants to be right about some random pick that they have. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, that's right. right. So I mean, yeah. it's not like any fault if Kyle Trask doesn't make make it because he'll be like a third round quarterback or whatever. But you know, it's yeah. <clears throat> if you're right, Jared, you're a genius. If you're wrong, exactly. nobody remembers. Good for you. Exactly. <laughs> Like I said at the start of the episode, if you make like twenty predictions, you're bound to be right on like two of them. Right, and then you can be like, "See, that's what I'm gonna do." Book it. We'll get there. No yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. You got to see where where everybody goes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that will just about wrap it up for us today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, Like Wyatt said at the beginning of the episode, please do subscribe and share those links all around with all of your friends. Let them know where the good good content is at. And let us know on Twitter, 
TikTok and Instagram. I'm not going to say Facebook today. You can't get me to say it. Uh, <laughs> but follow us at Youth Out Sport and interact with us. We love to hear people's thoughts on the episodes and what we're saying and not saying. So thank you as always. And we'll see you next week.